Good morning, everyone. It is a good morning. How many really believes it's a good morning? It's a day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice in it. We're not going to wait until a later day when some blessing comes our way. But we're going to count our blessings today and rejoice in this Praise God. Let's stand together and invite the Lord's presence here today. Lord, we are so thankful that your word is able to speak, God, to the, the places in our life that need direction. We're thankful today, Lord, that you can address and you are well equipped and able to address every concern that we have. We pray this morning that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would be with us. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds. Let us leave here a different person than we came. Let us leave here changed by your word today. Amen. We love and appreciate and adore your word. And let it speak in our lives and we will give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Shake somebody's hand before you sit down there. We know we're having such a good time fellowship this morning. Hallelujah. We began a new quarter today, and and um, by the way, if you, uh, th this is one of the, the values of just being faithful to the house of God. Uh, every Sunday morning, we're teaching through the Bible, and uh, we have just completed the first year of a series that's going to take us all the way through the Bible in six years. Now, six years sounds like a long time, and you're like, I don't know if I... I can wait that long. I need I need to know what's what's up, you know. But but six years, uh, we're going to cover the entire Bible, and so there you know there are pockets of scripture that we sometimes ignore uh, for whatever reason. We just happen to never turn there. Uh, but this is the value of Sunday morning week. Uh, we're going to cover the Bible. And so, so uh, there, there's going to be times when it's going to be unfamiliar scripture, but that's going to be good for us because it can speak to us. All scripture is given by inspiration. So, so uh, this this year, uh, you know, we'll last year we we made some progress. We've been in some of the prophets, uh, but but uh, we're moving forward right now into the fall and the beginning of a new year here. Quarter as well, and this quarter we're going to be having uh, we're going to be teaching from First and Second Samuel, from First uh, Kings, and from First and Second Chronicles. Uh, that doesn't mean we won't come back and touch on these uh, check these books again throughout this. We will actually uh, to cover some some more areas that we won't cover right now. But but uh, you will get to you will get eventually around to to all these passages. So it's a very good thing, I believe, that keeps us from getting, uh, you know, the, the preacher has a tendency sometimes to, to stick with the candy sticks, the things that, that he, you know, and yeah, this, this is good for us all. It's good for us all. Today we're going to be talking about how that God places leaders in our lives. And uh, we're going to be talking about the call of Samuel and his ministry in Israel. Um, 
But our focus thought is because we often need someone to show us the way God places leaders in our lives. I'm going to be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, just a few verses, and from 1 Samuel chapter 7. We'll begin uh, verse 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. All right, now we're going to skip on over to chapter 7, verse 3. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtoreth, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. Now, stick a little um, marker in your Bible there or something, and I would like for you uh, sometime this week to just read uh, down at least to about verse 16, 17, somewhere in there of this passage in verse chapter 7. Uh, don't do it this morning, uh, but do it, do it when you get a chance. Read the rest of this because it just shows the effectiveness of Samuel's ministry, and you will appreciate much of what you will read there. Um, the story is told of uh, during the Revolutionary War days of some weary soldiers that were uh, that were using their last measure of strength to dig a, a ditch being a place of shelter while their commander uh, stood nearby and issued, he barked commands to them and, and told them if they didn't get it done in like an hour you know there were going to be consequences and all that kind of thing and, and uh, they barely noticed a stranger who came up rode, rode up on horseback and uh, the stranger asked the commander he said why aren't you down there digging, the, helping them dig that ditch. And the commander was incensed. He was a little angered, put off by this. And he said, because I'm in charge here. If you don't like it, get down in the trench and dig with them. And so the stranger got off his horse and got down in the ditch and took a shovel and began to help dig and uh, create that shelter. And when he was done, uh, after taking a few moments to congratulate the soldiers on finishing a good job there. Uh, he, he climbed up out of the ditch and approached the commander and he, he said these words. He said, in the future, you find that your exalted rank, if in the future you find that your exalted rank prevents you from supporting your men, notify your superiors and I will find a more permanent solution. 
and he recognized that it was General George Washington that he had uh, missed recognizing before. I want to, uh, I, I want to just, I know this is Sunday school stories that we've heard through our life a lot, but the sad fact is that many people are very unfamiliar with some of the Old Testament stories. And I think it, it's good for us to refresh ourselves. And this, I believe God's got something here for us this morning. I, I really feel that. Uh, the opening verse of 1 Samuel 3 reads, The word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. In other words, the implication is that no one was hearing directly from God. <coughs> All they had was what had been written, uh, what had been told about God's dealings with men and then with the patriarchs and then with Israel, the nation, uh, and the things that he had revealed through that. That's, that's really kind of all that they had. And so it's really no shock that uh, people would be surprised if God were to actually speak to somebody. Uh, that that uh, young Samuel might not really understand what was happening. That, that he might, uh, and, and then it might take a while for even Eli to recognize what was actually happening when someone had a direct encounter with God. And so, uh, you, you kind of know the story. We'll talk about it. But, but for th this original encounter with God set the stage and the pattern for all the rest of Samuel's ministry and, and hearing the voice of the Lord. Uh, and so after this, time and time again, the voice of the Lord would come to Samuel and he served as God's prophet or God's spokesman to the people of Israel. Uh, the Bible says that the Lord did let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, everything that Samuel said, it came to pass. Everything that Samuel said, he didn't waste words. Everything counted. Nothing just kind of fell off and, well, that wasn't important and, and maybe that wasn't uh, for us. And Everything he said, and his influence stretched, the Bible said, we read it, from Dan to Beersheba. That's like saying from New York to L.A., from Mexico to Canada, from sea to shining sea. It was from the northernmost regions of Israel all the way to the very south. All of that whole region, uh, his influence stretched throughout it across the nation, and he was God's voice to those uh, to, to to those people during that time. Now, it's interesting that the voice of God sounded much like the voice of Eli. Uh, here is young Samuel, and you remember that uh, his mother could not, she was barren, and she was in the temple, and 
praying and she said, if you give me a son, I will give him back to the Lord. And as soon as he was old enough that, that, that he could go and live at the temple there in Shiloh and assist the priest, Eli, and just whatever duties and things needed done around the house of the Lord, uh, she brought him there and she left him. Every year the Bible tells us she'd bring him a new coat. Why? Because he was growing. And she recognized that. And he needed a new coat. And she would bring that to him every year. But he was growing not just in his uh, physical body, but he was growing and maturing in, in, in uh, ministering before the Lord in the temple there and doing the carrying out the duties that were given to him and responsibility and all of that. But, but Samuel was a young boy, and the scripture indicates in verse 7, 1 Samuel 3 and 7, uh, it, it, it says that he, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Think about that. I mean, he's doing all kind of things. He's working for the Lord. He's, he's serving in the temple. He's, he's obedient and, and, and right there for anything that Eli needs. He's learning how to take responsibility, carry out duties faithfully. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a young man who is growing and he is learning. But he yet does not know the Lord. He's doing the work of the Lord, but he doesn't know the Lord. Actually, pretty much that was the case, I think, for Eli and maybe others before him. It had been a while since anybody really knew the Lord. He yet did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And so given his youth and his inexperience, he didn't recognize that voice. And the night he lays down to go to bed, and uh, uh, the, the, the Bible tells us the lamp had not gone out, which that lamp burned all night long uh, till, till the, the morning. And so it was somewhere before morning, the lamp probably in the early hours of the morning, he's laying there on his bed, and he hears this voice calling to him. And he just assumes that it is Eli in one of the next rooms. And so he gets up out of bed. He answers and he gets up out of bed. He goes, and Eli says, no, I didn't call for you. And so he goes back and he gets in bed again. And then he hears this voice calling to him again. Three times this happens. He goes every time to, uh, to, to, to Samuel and or to Eli and Eli is uh, like I didn't I didn't say nothing I didn't I was I was sleeping but eventually Eli recognizes that though Eli himself and many scholars believe that Eli had never himself received the word from the Lord uh, but but something triggers in him and he recognizes this could be the Lord speaking right. to Samuel. And so he instructs him to go back and 
when 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 he hears the voice to to say, "Speak, Lord, thy servant hears," you know, uh, or to 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 answer the voice and you know find out what it wants. Now, actually, if you read it, uh, Samuel or Eli doesn't really introduce him or tell him who it is speaking. He just tells him to answer. And so he goes back to his bed and the fourth time, the fourth time, the word comes again, the, the, the call comes again to him. Says his voice, his name twice, Samuel, Samuel, reminiscent of the call of some others in the Old Testament. And, and begins to, to, to give him a word, to speak to him. And Samuel, of course, is, his, his obedience is just a trademark of his. He, he, he is, he's very obedient to anything that Eli or the Lord uh, had, had instructed him to do. And, and once again, this comes into play. And it would, again, throughout the future of his ministry... But Samuel's obedience at this key point in his young life is remarkable. He had been, and, and I think it was, it, it was partly due to the careful way he had been taught. Now, Eli perhaps has never himself received a direct word from God. But you know what? He had what scripture they had. He had what had been given to Israel before. He had the knowledge of how that God had delivered them from Egypt and from the hand of many enemies and had provided miraculously for them and how that he had instructed them to offer sacrifice and how that God blessed that and how that sins could, could be you know, rolled uh, ahead. And, 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 uh, and, and so... He, he had much knowledge, no doubt, or he wouldn't have been in that position of this stuff. And he faithfully taught that, apparently, to, uh, to those that he was entrusted to and, his, and, and to young Samuel. And that teaching is what, no doubt, enabled young Samuel to be prepared and to hear the voice of God. Something that his teacher perhaps had himself never heard. Right. And this gives me great hope because I believe that God is speaking to his church yes. through the preaching of his word today. Yes. And is setting us up and preparing us for things we have not yet seen. I haven't seen. Amen. You haven't seen. None of us have seen. And while I may not have experienced it, I believe that God can use us to set the stage and to prepare so that God can speak to you and work in your life in ways yet not seen. That's right. I think we ought to give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. And so he knew the history of, of, of God's deliverance and all of that and 
how the, the Lord had provided for them and their their ancestors and all of that and and all of this teaching. That, that's why, let me tell you something. Kids may come up through our Sunday school and they, uh, they, they may not experience uh, everything that we're trying to get them to by teaching them. But that doesn't mean that we're wasting our time. Because we're planting seed. And someday, someday that seed may germinate. Someday it, it, the soul may get ripe for what has been planted there. And God may do mighty things that you have built a base for in your, in your teaching and your preparation. Now, Samuel's obedience is just extraordinary. It's amazing how that he just instantly is obedient and and, and also how that God is patient and how that God is persistent. Samuel. Samuel goes off in another direction. Comes back. Samuel. Here he goes again. Comes back. Samuel. Here he goes again. But the Lord doesn't give up. Aren't you thankful that he doesn't give up easy? Amen. He, he, he just, he's, he's patient. The Bible says he is slow to anger. That's one of the five things that God revealed, characteristics that God revealed to Abraham about himself. That he is slow to anger. Right. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Yes, Lord. Woo, glory. That, that's, a, that's a great blessing to every one of us. And yes, we ought to be Lord. thankful that we serve a God who is slow to anger. Doesn't say that God don't ever get angry, but he is slow to anger. Amen. I'm thankful I serve that kind of God. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Now, after three attempts to speak to Samuel, <laughs> Brother March is clapping his hands over here. Amen. Finally, Samuel responds, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Eli didn't tell him who it was that was probably talking to him. But he just obediently responded. And interestingly enough, God doesn't introduce himself or tell who he is. He just speaks. And you know, and, and this is kind of how we feel about okay, this is, you know, God begins to speak to Samuel, and this is uh this is letting us know that God is going to use Samuel. Samuel's going to be a... And, and that would become apparent, but God doesn't say that. He doesn't say that at all. And, and you know, you know, okay, on your first word from God, you're going to get something that is going to be such a blessing. It's going to be so encouraging. You're going to deliver that to somebody, and it's, going to, it's just going to... It's just going to make, make them so happy and, and blessed and everything. No, no, no. It's like a nightmare. It's a curse. What a test to see if he would deliver it just the way that God gave it. I mean, you think about who he's got to deliver it to, first of all. Right. And then when you think about the message, it's judgment, bone-chilling judgment. It's, it's, it's scary. God is about to deal with the house of Eli because of his sons who 
had blasphemed his sons who had done horrible things right even in the temple in the house right. of God and, and the Lord is a, he, he, God had already sent a prophet to Eli with this message yes, this is just a confirmation of the message that had an unnamed prophet had already come and told Eli this is just a confirmation but you know perhaps young Samuel doesn't know that God's already spoken to him about this and so uh, the Lord speaks in no uncertain terms. His judgment upon Eli's house is going to be forever. He, the sins that his sons had committed would not be forgiven. That's right. And, and because that Eli had not restrained them, was no changing God's judgment even upon him. It's hard to fathom how young Samuel must have felt bearing the weight of that message. And the Bible tells us, it indicates he, he did not run in the bedroom and tell Eli. He waits till the morning. And he still doesn't tell him. He's going about his the things he was his duties and responsibilities, what he was supposed to do with the doors and all the stuff. Uh, but he he listened to what the Lord had said. And so he gets up early in the morning and he's carrying out his duties in the temple, being obedient to Eli's instructions. And and there is no doubt a load on his shoulders. Can you imagine? You're just a boy. Just a kid. And everything in his upbringing probably says you don't speak to an elder this way. You don't address uh, the priest in this manner. You are respectful. You are, and, and and not that he wasn't respectful when he did. In fact, he was. But uh, he 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 carries this message the rest of the night to the morning. And uh, I, I want to just pause a little bit here because I got to studying on this passage. And uh, you know, we focus a lot of times on Eli's wise instructions to Samuel. Samuel, go. Go back, and when you hear this voice again, say, speak, Lord, thy servant, hear it. I think that's good counsel. That's, that's, that's right. wisdom. Right. And we focus on that part of uh, Eli's response in all of this. We're moved by that. But sometimes I think that causes us to miss what is this, this magnificent way in which Eli responds once the message has been given. And it, Eli teaches Samuel how to respond to God. Not just in hearing his voice, but way beyond that, how to receive it. So the morning comes and here he is and he's going about his duties and Eli's like, uh, Samuel, what did 
the Lord say to you last night? And evidently, young Samuel was a little reluctant to deliver this message. And Eli says that everything in the message happened to you, and even worse, if you don't tell me everything the Lord spoke. Now there's wisdom right there. There's too many folks today that really don't want to hear everything God's got to say. That's right. Right? That's right. And perhaps just as important, there's too many teachers and ministers and preachers that don't want to tell everything God has to say. That's right. Listen, Eli, Eli says, you tell everything God said. Don't you leave one thing out. That's right. Or the consequences are going to be dire. So very important. Don't withhold anything. That may have been Eli's greatest gift to Samuel right there. It was a plea to be open and honest about God's word. So very, very important. And not to try to please the people with the message. In other words, resist the temptation to, to edit or moderate or become the mediary between God and men. Right. That's not me, folks. That's the Lord. Yes. He can speak for himself. I don't have to be a mediator between him and you. That's right. All my responsibility is to tell you what he said. Amen. And if I'll do that, the Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. That's right. But it's so important because God wants us to deliver exactly what he says. Amen. And so, then even further, Eli says when he delivers the message, and it's a horrible judgment, he says, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And what a beautiful response. Right. It's the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. To him, good. To fall into the hands of God. I'm not going to resist. I'm not going to try to provide excuses. I'm just going to say, let it's the word of the Lord. Amen. Are, are, are you able to say it's the word of the Lord, even if it goes against the grain? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Even if it, even if it brings judgment to your house. Yes. Even if it exposes the sinfulness in your heart. Even if it exposes the. 
iniquity, in other words, the self-will in you. Well, no, I'm not going to agree with that. Because, 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 because. So and so said. Somebody, well, I just don't feel like. I don't see how God. What about this? What about that? No. What a beautiful response. It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth good. And the Bible says, it says this about Samuel. He said, Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. God says, that's the person I can use right there. Right, right. That's why God finally spoke. It, it probably wasn't that God wasn't speaking before, just nobody was here. That's right. right? That's right. But finally, there's a young man who's listening. And, and when he receives a word from the Lord, he tells every wit. He hides nothing. He, 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 he shares the whole, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that was key to his effectiveness, no doubt, as a leader. That's one of the reasons why the Lord didn't let any of his works fall to the ground. Because he was willing to speak what thus said the word of the Lord. And so, and, and then think about this too. His, even in delivering such a harsh message of judgment, Young Samuel was, he did it with humility and he did it with respect. Now, it could have been easy. God's speaking to me. A lot of young whippersnappers, you know. Yeah, old folks, they don't know what they're talking about. God's talking to me. You know? Yeah. I've been praying and the Lord's telling me. They just need to get out of the way and let me take over here. Samuel was very respectful and a sense of humility was about him still carrying out his duties still serving Eli still doing whatever needed to be done keeping the lights on keeping the carpet vacuum you know there's a lot of things that goes on around the church that, that a lot of folks never see that's right a lot of questions you don't have to answer this morning. It's like, why isn't the arrow? Why aren't the lights on? Why didn't somebody unlock the door? Why didn't somebody sweep the front porch? Why didn't somebody prepare the teeth today? Why didn't somebody... Get a song together tonight. You know, what are we going to do? We're here. There's a lot of stuff. And, and, and he was faithful in all, all the things that were entrusted to him. And God blessed him because of that. And from Dan to Beersheba, everybody knew. The Bible says that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Amen. Now, moving to our second passage of Scripture. Uh, the opening verses of chapter 7 lets us know that the Ark of the Covenant, uh, you know, they were lamenting, they were, they were in sorrow. Uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant had, first of all, been taken into captivity by the Philistines. 
and then uh, you know some of that story about Dagon and all of that but, but then it is brought back but it is not uh, it, it's not uh, where it needs to be and and, and they're, they're uh, in sorrow over this and, and mourning and repenting over all of this. And no doubt Samuel probably uh, established as this spokesperson for God, this prophet of God, no doubt in his, his uh, uh, you know, from Dan to Beersheba, perhaps traveling some and everything, uh, preaching a message of repentance. And God will, God will restore. God will put... The ark back if we'll just turn to the Lord and we'll repent of our worship of other gods and things. The Lord will, uh, the Lord will restore and and, uh, and and their hearts are being stirred and everything. And so, uh, and you got to understand that they were worshiping these other gods. This is this is Israel. You know how quickly Moses comes down off the mountain after they've heard the thundering and said, "Oh, Moses, you go talk to him. We're afraid." And just tell us what he says. All right? They go from that by the time he comes down off the mountain. They are worshiping a golden calf. That tells me that golden calf was in their heart already. That's right. That's right. They were carrying around a golden calf in their hearts. How quickly. And here they're worshiping Baal and Ashtoreth. Baal is a, a, a god, a heathen god of fertility. And Ashtoreth is like a goddess of of fertility and, and 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 love and 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 they 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 were worshiping these gods through rituals and things like that uh, that had crept into the land from their their enemies and the Philistines had exercised uh, authority over them and had had made them pay taxes to them and all these kind of things and they were subjugated by the Philistines and their crops being taken and things like that and they had sunk so low as to begin to worship. The gods of these other people. And not just any kind of gods. The way they worship these gods, it was hideous. It was disgusting. Their sexual in nature and all of that, and it was just unspeakable things. They had sunk that low. And no doubt that deeply grieved the heart of God. So Samuel's plea for them to repent uh, was likely filled with some urgency because this thing, these, these gods need to be out of here like today, right now. And so he's, he's preaching to them. The hearts are becoming stirred and, 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 and they're, uh, they're, there's already uh, something happening in them. And, but, but what if the people did not heed his words? What if they just listened and were stirred? There's a song a songwriter wrote several years ago. So I'm so tired of being stirred being changed what if, what if they heard him what if they shed tears what if they what if they offered words of repentance but still continued to do those things what if that happened and Israel did not change I mean the potential certainly was there it's happened before and it could happen again what they needed was a real heart surgery. It, it was a heart problem. That golden calf was still in their heart, I think. And, and so uh, Samuel once again exercised and displayed marks of great leadership because he says it's time to do something. 
I'm, I'm thankful that you're receiving my message. I'm thankful that you're recognizing uh, that, that God has given me a word. But, but it's time for something to happen here. The leader in him recognized that there needed to be some action to match their words and what they were saying. And, 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 and so literally something needed to happen. And so Samuel led the people, called them together for a time of repentance. And he led them in confessing their sins. Straightforward, honest confession. And, and, and here's what he said, 1 Samuel 7 6. We have sinned against the Lord. One of the best things you can do is just get honest with God. I Amen. believe that with all of my heart. Amen. If there is anything I, 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 I wish that I could get across to people whose lives are messed up, who's got struggles and, 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 and things just, you know, not the way that it should be and the way it could be. I wish I could get across to them. Be open and honest 100% with God. I had rather have somebody angry at God and talking to God and telling God than to have somebody who will just sit there and stew in their in their anger at God yeah. and hold it against him. Because that's going nowhere but down. That's right. But if they will just get honest and say, God, this ain't the way it's supposed to be. God, I don't like this. God, I, I, I'm tired of this. And and, and God, you, you didn't do this. If you will get that open and honest with God, God appreciates that. I will tell you the reason I'm standing here today is because one night on my bed, I'm thankful I got the Holy Ghost 12 years old. I'm thankful a lot of things happened in my life. Good teaching, good pastors and all of that. I, I, I wasn't perfect. I had some mess. I had some sin in my life. And even, even after that, but one night on my bed, I said, God, I can't live for you. I was at the point of giving up, folks. God, I can't live for you. I just can't do it. If it's going to ha happen, you're going to have to do something. But I can't do it. And I will tell you, from that moment, stuff started happening in my life that I didn't do. This got moved here. That got moved. I got moved there. This door opened. That door shut. And I'm looking around at all this and I'm thinking, oh. I might have been born and now, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> it, it, God's doing something here. Yes. Yeah. Amen. You love me enough to do that, God? And it so overwhelmed me when I saw what God started doing. I, I was delivered from the sin. I was delivered from, from I, I was, and, and it so overwhelmed me that love just began to pour out of my heart toward God. I drive down the road. That's one of, uh, this same song I've made up, I think the Lord's been better to me than anyone else I know. 
if his blessings keep on pouring out soon, I think I'll overflow. And tears are just run down my cheeks. And God restored relationship, but it began when I got honest with God. And I'm so thankful for that moment in my life. I really, really am. So, Samuel prayed for the people. They poured out water and they fasted. They poured out water. When you spill water, you pour water out. There's no getting it back, right? And so they're, they're basically saying to God, I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm not going to drink this to myself and hold this to myself and try to sustain and keep myself. I'm pouring it out. This is an offering to you, Lord. I'm giving it to you. I'm putting it in your hands, God. And they're humbly and honestly and sincerely seeking the Lord. And Samuel calls upon the Lord. Samuel prays for them. Offers a prayer for them. Samuel knew God's grace and he knew God's faithfulness and his mercy and his compassion. How that he was slow to anger. And so in humility he led the people in this prayer of repentance. And as the people repented for their sins, in sincerity, true repentance, God responded by showing favor. And this is what you're going to read this week if you read the rest of that, okay? God responded by showing incredible favor to them. Because they gathered together, listen to this, the Philistines saw and attacked. They're gathering together to repent and worship another God, and the Philistines take that opportunity to attack. The moment you start really making change and not just talking about change, the enemy will attack. He will challenge you on your commitment. He will try to intimidate you before you get anywhere with actually changing. And they took that opportunity of all times while they're in church, right? And Samuel had recognized we need to come together and there's something that needs to happen here that can't happen in everybody's house. We've got to come together for this. There's something that needs to happen in Israel and it ain't really going to change until we come together and acknowledge this. We come together and repent. We come together and worship. And so he gets them together. He prays this prayer. They're repenting all of that. And so, man, this is good. We're having revival and all of a sudden the Philistines attack. Well, God, this ain't fair. No, no, no. You've got to understand, that's just the enemy. Right, right. He don't care to mess with you as long as you're not doing anything that messes with his kingdom. But you start messing with his kingdom, and you start turning away from other his gods, you know, the ones he offers to us, and I will promise you, there will be an attack. And every child of God, and every brand new convert, and everybody that just comes to God needs to understand this is what the devil does. It's just who he is. But listen to how God responded to their repentance and their sincere obedience where they said, well, we're just not going to, you know, pat Samuel on the back when he comes by and encourages us and tells us, you know, you need to turn from these other gods and 
Oh, oh, Samuel, you're so good. You're, you're a good prophet. We're thankful for you. And send him on down the road and nothing changed. But they get together. They're pouring out water. They're fasting. They're saying, we're kicking out these other gods. We're not going to serve them anymore. And, and they come together to acknowledge and publicly say that. And so here they are. And, and, and the enemy attacks. And so what happens? This is absolutely beautiful. The Bible tells us that God thundered from heaven. There was, there was this loud noise from heaven itself. When, when, when God spoke on, on the mountain, you know, there was thunderings and there was lightnings and it scared the people to death and they, they, they couldn't handle it. And they, that's when they said, Samuel, you go up or, or, or Moses, you go up. And by the way, God tells Moses and Moses tells the people now, I, I will give you a prophet like myself. God says, I'm going to give you a prophet like Moses. That did not happen until Samuel. Many, many years had passed. Many, many years had passed. But, but Moses had been the last prophet. And Moses prophesied the coming of Samuel someday. And, and so now, and so once again, Remember the thunderings on the mountain with Moses? Once again, God thunders from heaven. It so scares the Philistines that they get confused. And Israel begins to chase them and chases them plumb out of the land. And the Bible tells us that, that, that you know, there was a, this victory was so great that they never did what the Philistines never came to do what they had done previously after this. It was a it was a groundbreaking. It, it was a it was territory gained. It was something that that happened that could not be taken away. Something that would would, would could not be denied happened on that day. Amen. And so they're crying out, and, and they cried out to Samuel when the Philistines come. They said, "Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that He will save us out of the hand of the Philistines." But notice they said, "Our God." Before it had been Ashtaroth. And Baal. Right. Samuel, call, call, don't stop praying for me. Samuel, keep on praying, calling out on our God for us. That we be not destroyed by the enemy. Amen. And so Samuel did. He cried unto the Lord for Israel, the Bible says, and the Lord heard and here it is. The Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Mm. Thank God. Thank you. Amen. All right, so I'm closing this today, but, but back to our focus here this morning. Sometimes God puts people in our lives. God will raise up leaders in our lives who, who know how to hear from Him, who will faithfully deliver what God says. Who will pray for us. And God will hear them. I'm thankful for I am so thankful. I've got people in my life that pray for me and God hears them. I'm so thankful that I've got leaders in my life who, who are, are, are wise enough to know 
that sometimes there's some needed action from me. It's not good enough to say, well, we, I, I love missionaries. Man, I, I'm behind them. I, I, I want them to go all over the world. But to have men like Brother O'Connell, our district, missions director, global missions director, they'll say, hey, I'm sending you a missionary. Thank you, Brother O'Connell. What date have you got scheduled? We'll work that out. We'll make that happen. Amen. Because somebody sees the need. Somebody feels the urgency. Somebody somebody recognizes that it's not good enough for us to just say we support missions, but but we, we need to we, 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 we need to get them a motel room, take them out to eat, amen, provide an opportunity for God's people to hear what the Lord may be speaking to them. And by the way, what a Wednesday night service we have. Lord have mercy. Woo. Our kids praying, seeking the Holy Ghost. I mean, things was happening. Ministry taking place, laying on the hands, prophetic things being spoken. It was amazing. What an incredible Wednesday night with a missionary with the Bensons. They, they are awesome, awesome people. And amen. And, and when 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 they got to preaching, I'll tell you what, she preached good as he did. And, and, and when they was teaming up and he was speaking French and she was interpreting. Man, I, I I was receiving that message. It was a word for us, and I, I I was it was our kids were like on the edge of their seat listening, watching, you know. But God was speaking, and what what you know, it, it's it's a good thing to to appreciate missionaries. It's a nice thing, but but how do you really make it where missionaries can go overseas? Well, let me explain to you. We can't do it. We don't receive enough offerings around here to send a single missionary overseas. And there's a whole lot of churches like us that's in that same boat. But you know what? If we bind together, the Bensons are in picket today. They had a pastor scheduled Thursday night. Couldn't have them for a service. But took them out to eat and gave them an offer to help them on their way. All of us working together. And it takes more than just three churches. But if you're going to work together, you've got to have some kind of plan. You've got to have some way of doing that. You've got to have some kind of way to organize that and to appeal and all of that. And so for that reason, we have an organization. Because the call of God is bigger than any one of us, and it's bigger than any one church. God says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. How in the world are we going to fulfill that if we don't work with somebody else? But thank God he's raised up leaders that say, hey, we can work together. We can make something happen here. There's enough offerings in the state of Arkansas on any given Sunday to send a missionary overseas. And there's people over there that's not hearing the gospel. We got to get there. We got to make it happen. Work together. Let's, let's make it happen. And leaders, leaders in our lives are important. I'm just using that as an example today because we had a missionary this past Wednesday night. But I'm thankful for people that will get down in the trenches. I'm thankful for the General Washingtons that will get down in the trenches 
they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. They're not afraid to 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 get involved and to and, and, and when the work is going on, they're they're right in there with them. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? talking in tongues and if they're not being used in the gifts of the spirit they're going to find some spiritual things it may be Ouija boards and it may be I forget what all the stuff he's talking about some of these TV shows and about stuff like this you know he's, they're, they're, that's that's that will happen. What we need to do is believe that God wants even our youngs, even our handmaids, even our even our young young men, young women. Amen. God can use them. Amen. He will speak through them. He will He will use them in mighty ways. I'm talking about a God who's able, Amen, to raise up young people who will be uh, valiant for the Lord and who will be a voice for God and who will be a witness for the Lord and who will not back down but will faithfully deliver everything that God said. Be really easy to go. Amen. Back into the community of, uh, uh, of friends and stuff. School and all that just just, just fit in. But oh, I'm thankful for some young people that's not afraid to be separate. I'm thankful for some young people that God is raising up in this age like fill the house. Amen. At, 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 at youth conference from from, from Clay County, Green County, Amen, Craighead County, uh, down around Wynn and all this region coming together, fill the place hungry for God, ready to be used of God, desiring to be used of God, laying hands on their friends and praying for them and talking about this is what God is wanting the church. To, he's taking us somewhere. But what we must do, we must understand that God will raise up leaders. And if we, you know, Eli, Samuel would have never been, he, he, he would have never had the influence he had if he had not faithfully served Eli. The people watched how, the people watched how Samuel served in the house of the Lord. Maybe he was a greeter. Maybe he put new batteries in clocks. Maybe he turned on the air conditioner. Maybe he, maybe he made sure the lights were set just right. The PA was on. Maybe, maybe he did the sound check. You know, what, whatever it was he did, but they watched how faithful he was there. It didn't fail. It didn't fail. They, folks didn't show up for church, and the PA wasn't on. Folks didn't show. And, 
and he was faithful in his duty. Folks didn't show up in the north. Amen. Because he served Eli and he served in the house of the Lord. And you know what the people said? That's a man we can follow. That's a man when he calls us together, we're coming. Amen. That's a man like that. I thank you.